0: Hello, beautiful people. You are listening to the Communal Table Podcast, part of Food & Wine Pro. I am your host, Kat Kinsman, Senior Editor at Food & Wine, and uh, my guest today is uh, my isolation partner uh, during this uh, time of unprecedented weirdness um, across the world. Uh, it is my husband, Douglas Wagner, who uh, you actually all sort of know because when in, in more delightful times when we have a theme song, he is the composer thereof. Um, but in his other life when he is not making uh, jaunty, Julia Child-esque uh, songs for the podcast, he is a real estate uh, professional. And, um, you know, I figured I there are so many questions right now as the restaurant world, along with the rest of the world, is thrown into tremendous uncertainty. And a lot of people's questions and worries right now uh, pertain to how they're gonna pay their damn rent. As it becomes due, they're not having any income. Currently, they may have had to lay people off it's, it's, it's just a really, it's a time of tremendous uncertainty and turmoil. So uh, hey Douglas, usually I start this out with asking people how they're doing, but I know very well how you're, how you're doing right now. Could you instead tell us uh, what you do, who you are?
1: Well, I um, have been working in the New York City real estate market uh, as a real estate broker for 25 years. And in that time, I guess I've managed to be involved in putting together just about every kind of real estate deal you can put together. So uh, among those deals have been some restaurant deals, and uh, my heart goes out to restaurateurs and business owners who are so set back by the pandemic and the crisis and the mounting crisis in New York City where rents are high and overhead is high and layoffs are now racking up. Uh, We don't know how we're going to get through it, but uh, we will get through it, and I think that... uh, like a lot of business owners and restaurateurs and members of the service staff, uh, landlords are business people, and they know that everyone is going to have to compromise to get through this time.
0: Yeah. And well, in addition to, you know, working at a firm, uh, you're also a member of the Real Estate Board of New York. Uh, can you talk about your role in there?
1: So I've been a part of REBNY, the Real Estate Board of New York, for probably 22 or three years of my 25 in the business and currently i sit on their residential board of directors i've been a governor of this real estate board i chaired the residential rental committee uh, at Rebney and i'm on the board of the rls so i spend a lot of time at the real estate board yeah
0: and um i've had an interesting insight into your professional life over the past week as we have been sequestered at home um <laughs> it's, it's really a funny thing to see you know what your partner does all day and you know I overhear phone calls and stuff so I you know I'm going to get to some very um, specific questions that I have um, talked about with people all over the country who are really worried about you know what's going to happen to their restaurant if they aren't making any money right now or if their business isn't uh, bringing in any money Um, but I do know that you have been on a lot of calls with Albany recently
1: yeah, so we're we're following closely uh, developments as they happen, and at the time that we're recording this podcast, it's still not certain uh, what the government is going to be able to do for us. the The two trillion dollar uh, stimulus package has been passed, and Uh, It's 1,400 pages long, so uh, on a call today, I was told that uh, our officials at the Real Estate Board are poring over those 1,400 pages trying to pull out uh, exactly what benefits New Yorkers and what benefits members of the real estate industry on the landlord Owner developer side, and I think that might be helpful to know if you're working as a business owner or somebody whose rent is going to be due in a week, uh, and and to start thinking about how you're going to manage that.
0: Okay, so we will get to the New York specific um, parts of this at the end. Also, any caveats you want to add about advice you're giving here?
1: Well, I'm not giving advice. I'm talking about the real estate market as I see it. And I'm not an attorney, so we're not supposed to give legal advice when we're not attorneys. Uh, And I do have the benefit of a quarter century in this marketplace. And the perspective that I'm going to share today is really just perspective. It's kind of a combination of experience and opinion, and it doesn't constitute legal advice and you shouldn't hold me accountable for it.
0: Um, Good. Okay. Good to know. Just needed to get that out of uh, the way there. Um, So a few questions that I have heard from uh, restaurateurs, from people who work in, in restaurants. Let's start off with if somebody says to you, my business, my restaurant is shut down or operating at minimum capacity and I can't afford to pay my rent because I don't have any money coming in. Do I have to pay my rent and what are my options?
1: Uh, Yes, you have to pay your rent, but you might not have to pay your rent. Uh, Communicate. Your options are to communicate with your landlord because uh, you probably have a lease and that lease probably says that your rent is due on the first, whatever that amount is. And landlords recognize that the government essentially shut down restaurants two weeks ago. And uh, some have been able to operate on a skeleton crew and at a very low capacity and others are completely closed down and many have already begun laying people off. So landlords read the news. In fact, I think they're following it very closely. But if you're not going to be able to pay your rent in a week, you should communicate now and start having a conversation about what's going to be done.
0: And that's sort of a terrifying thing for a lot of people, even not in a situation like this. People are, are scared of their landlords because they own the roof over their heads. So um, what are people's options here? What kind of language should they use when they approach their landlord? You know, Some people have an individual landlord. Some people, you know, it's a corporation. Now, I was just
1: going to say, it depends on what kind of landlord that you have. And if your landlord is a private owner or a small portfolio owner, chances are you can get your landlord on the telephone and have a Frank conversation and describe exactly what's happened to your company have you been closed down for 10 days or 12 days have you gone to just a few days a week doing you know pick up and take out at what capacity are you operating what's that done to your revenues and just be direct about it I think that uh, sometimes people do feel awkwardly talking to, you know, the man, but uh, most landlords are business people and they're human beings. And just like uh, business owners, they're business owners and will want to really know specifically what's going on so that a solution can begin to present itself.
0: Okay. So how about if I don't pay my rent, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to be evicted?
1: Well, Eviction takes a long time, and depending on where you are, uh, in most cities, uh, eviction is not just an automatic thing that happens when you don't pay your rent. And in a crisis like this, some states have uh, mandated uh, no evictions. In New York State, uh, evictions have been put on hold for 90 days. But it takes a long time to get to eviction. You have to do more than not just pay you know, you know skip a rent payment. Um, if you communicate now with your landlord and tell them that you've your revenues have stopped or your revenues have fallen greatly and you don't anticipate being able to pay on the first the first question most landlords are going to ask is well if you can't pay on the first when can you pay and then that becomes a more complicated question because none of us know when this crisis is going to abate um my recommendation would be to be as direct as possible and If you have some money on the side that you can make a partial payment, offer to do that. There are a lot of different ways that uh, landlords will make deals. Um, At the moment, uh, there's conversations going on at city, state, and federal levels to talk about uh, a pause on rent payments and on mortgage payments. If you can't pay your rent, then the landlord can't use that money to pay his mortgage. And most landlords have mortgages on their buildings. So maybe both things could be paused. I think that's the utopian vision, and it's never that easy. <laughs> but there are proposals floating around uh, you know, state lawmakers and federal lawmakers about mandating some sort of rent pause for businesses who are negatively impacted by COVID.
0: Okay, so I know most of your perspective here is is New York based, but uh, do you get a sense that this is happening in other states?
1: I get a sense that this is happening all over the country, and you know, you look at the the map on the news where they show all of the com- all of the states that have uh, mandated some sort of stay at home policy for all of the citizens. Uh, you know what that does to. Business, you know what it does to retail. You know what it does to food and beverage. Uh, the hotel industry, I understand, is operating uh, at about at about fifteen percent capacity. I've
0: seen lower numbers than that, yeah. and de- depending on what city it
1: is, depending on what city. So every landlord in the United States is probably shaking in their boots right now, wondering who's going to pay and who's going to skip.
0: Yeah, it's can we as as this conversation is happening. Um, you, you were, you know, saying a few different terms there. Can I walk, can we walk through a few different terms and you can tell me what they mean just so people are armed with this vocabulary and, and so they know what to get behind, you know, if they're doing a social media campaign or contacting their legislators, what is rent
1: freeze? A rent freeze, uh, refers to no rent increases. So if your rent is $4,000 a month, it stays $4,000 a month for the period of the rent freeze and it can't go up.
0: Okay, but people are talking about like a bill that's, you know, on the table that is a rent freeze and they're using it in a a way that maybe isn't correct then? Uh,
1: probably. It's, a rent freeze has to do with the price. Uh, maybe what you're talking about is rent forgiveness.
0: Okay. So let's talk about rent forgiveness because I've just seen so many people using the term rent freeze and demanding that sort of on, on social media. But you, I keep, again, I hear your phone calls at various points and, and you were talking about rent forgiveness. What is that?
1: So rent forgiveness, let's say from March 15th until May 15th, which is maybe how long this could take. Uh, everyone across the board forgives the debt that's owed to them. So that the landlord would not charge rent for that period of time. And his bank would not charge a mortgage payment for that period of time. So the landlord doesn't have money coming in and he doesn't have to pay the money going out. So everyone sort of gets to be on pause for that period of time. That's what rent forgiveness is. It's basically, you don't have to pay your rent for this designated period of time.
0: Okay, yeah, I liked actually an analogy that you used the other day about uh you know sort of spliced together film and it's you know that bit that bit of the film stays on the cutting room floor
1: right if you could just sort of cut out from mid-march until mid-may and leave it aside and then splice those two pieces together to make up the year 2020 that would be a great way for us to all get on but there will be casualties to that because it's never that easy
0: yeah yeah uh what is rent
1: forbearance Uh, Rent forbearance means you have to pay your rent, but you don't have to pay it right now. Uh, That means that the landlords would hold off commencing any sort of legal action against a tenant that doesn't pay, but they would have to work out some sort of agreement as to how that rent's going to be paid down the line. What it might do is just add, let's say you had a 10-year lease, and uh, it might add that three month period to the back end of your 10 year lease and you wouldn't have to pay it now, but you'd stay in a legal contract for three extra months and pay it off.
0: Okay. So it wouldn't be amortized over the next months. Well, you could do that in a workout. Oh, let's talk about what a workout is. So a
1: workout is any arrangement that you are able to negotiate with your landlord or their counsel to figure out how to maybe get the landlord that money a little bit sooner. Um, You just said amortizing the amount. So let's say your rent's $4,000 a month and there's a $12,000 rent arrears at the end of this crisis. Can you take $1,000 a month over 12 months and pay it all back in a year? Can you pay $500 a month over two years? Work it out. So a workout is simply an agreement that allows you to uh, designate a time and a payment schedule to get all of the terms and provisions of the lease back on track.
0: Okay. And there's another term. I I don't know exactly what the term is, but it's something about actual costs. So because rents aren't just made up of, you know, there are a million different things. It's not just here's the space. It includes things like utilities, taxes, etc. So what is this term I'm thinking of?
1: So you're thinking of fixed costs. Thank you. (laughs) A landlord has fixed costs. Uh, And and in New York City, those fixed costs can be almost 95% of the total rent bill because our taxes in New York are so high. New York City landlords pay 39% of their revenues to the city uh, as tax on an income-producing building, and then they pay another 35% of their revenues to the bank if they have a big mortgage. So most uh, big city landlords will have, you know, 74 cents on every dollar spent before they ever collect it. Uh, that makes for very tight margins, just like in the restaurant business. And a lot of people look at New York landlords like big fat cats who roll around in bathtubs full of monies and drive limousines and helicopters.
0: There's some of them, right? Some
1: of them are. <laughs> but uh, mostly, you know, they're, they're, they're business investors, just like restaurateurs, who have fixed costs and who have staffs and who have to pay for maintenance and insurance and marketing and all these other things. And they come away at the end of the month with somewhere between 5 and 10% if they're lucky. Um, Not to completely advocate for landlords, but I think a lot of people don't recognize the extent to which landlords have expenses just as much as um, tenants have expenses. So if you were to pay fixed costs, chances are you'd have to pay whatever goes to the bank that 35%. You might have to pay maintenance and insurance and those kinds of fixed costs, but the 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 amount that might go to taxes is something that maybe could be kick down the road a little ways.
0: Well, let's talk about, you know, the, the taxes and, and, and the bill that is on the table in Albany um, right now.
1: So there, there are two things that I've been hearing about this week uh, and neither is finalized. So I'm, I'm sort of gossiping now. <laughs> one, of the, one of the proposals is to offer small businesses a loan that would give them 250% of their operating costs, provided that they used the money for operating costs, including salaries, and didn't lay anybody off. Mm-hmm. For some of us, it's, it's too late. I think a lot of people have already mm-hmm. begun to lay people off. Oh, absolutely. Especially in restaurants. Especially in restaurants, because they got hit first. Um, but for small businesses that are able to keep their staffs on and pay them during this time, uh, almost like a long-term paid sick leave, uh, eventually, those loans can be forgiven uh, by the government, and you don't have to pay them back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's that's one that's on the table, and it is not official yet. The other one, um,
0: you were talking about uh, about landlords getting uh, tax credits,
1: right? So if a landlord is willing to forgive rent for tenants that are hurt very badly by COVID nineteen they could get either a proportionate release from their lender, so whatever the part of their mortgage for the building that they have to pay that is attributed to the restaurant rent might be for, uh, forgiven, it might be forbeared for a longer period of time, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the, the landlord would not have to pay their lender uh, for the portions of the rent that they're unable to collect. And that's for commercial and residential.
0: Uh, So by the way, so that also would apply to say, you know, a server, a dishwasher, whatever, who was, who was laid off as well. So this isn't just for businesses. This is somebody who they got laid off from their restaurant job. They have no money coming in. So they would basically not have to pay rent during that time and not have to pay it back possibly.
1: That's possibly going on. There's a there's a lot of support behind this bill. I, I saw something today that said that it already had maybe over a dozen co-sponsors. Normally, when uh, legislation is introduced, if you have you know one one sponsor, one co-sponsor on the bill. Uh, it can eventually uh, come up for debate. Uh, This one is being fast-tracked.
0: Okay, and is it okay to say that you worked on some of the language for this?
1: No, I didn't have anything to do with this. You
0: had nothing to do with this. Okay, he had nothing to do with this. Um, So when you you see, like, there was news yesterday that Cheesecake Factory was saying that they were not going to um, pay their landlords and they were gonna be paying the employees instead. um, Do you think that's a bellwether and maybe a protection for other smaller businesses that might
1: follow suit Uh, yes I do and I think that the trend uh, is universal people are saying I'm going to pay my people first then if I have anything left I'm going to give it to my landlord Mm -hmm. and this is not a wave to shut all landlords down but I think that for anyone who's ever owned a business your people are your business and your your business premises uh, is secondary to the people that make your company go. Yeah, and so I think that you know a lot of people rightly are trying to preserve the financial well-being of their staffers and figuring they'll work it out over time with their landlord.
0: Yeah, and if you just heard this rumble, it is the uh, the subway running beneath our building right now. Because again, we're we're all doing the best we can. We oh, are... we're sitting
1: at our dining table.
0: <laughs> so uh, the. Uh, so individual people, all the stuff that you said, they they should go to their landlord as well. So you're you're super scared. You've lost your job. Do you call your your landlord. Do you email your landlord? What do you do if it's a you know a person, a corporation? What do you do?
1: Once again, if it's a small portfolio owner or a private owner, get them on the phone. Tell them what's happened. Let them know whether you've been laid off. Or if you're furloughed and you expect to be back at work at a certain period of time, uh, residential landlords that I know and talk to every day are getting these calls already from their tenants and they're trying to come up with solutions. And it's better to be on the front end of this before you start to get a notice to cure because the, the housing court system in just about every state is pretty brutal and the, the last thing that you want to do is to have a court order you to get out of your apartment. And it takes a really long time in New York, and it takes less time in other states, but it could happen. And if you communicate up front, it really sort of stalls the ability of most landlords to be able to go initiate uh, a court action. It, and in a lot of states, especially those that have stay-at-home orders in place, the courts are closed down except for emergency Mm -hmm. situations. So nothing's going to happen right away. If you miss your April 1st rent payment, uh, you're probably going to have some controversy with your landlord, but it's not going to escalate to a court case in most states that have stay-at-home orders in place.
0: Okay. So you say call them. um, Does it help at all to have a paper trail of you having had this conversation?
1: If you could have the phone call, let them hear the... To me, people respond to humanity. And if just like when you're providing excellent service in a, a, a food service capacity and, and the way you make your customers feel uh, stays with them longer than what you serve them, the way you make your landlord feel about taking care of their apartment, about being a good tenant who over-communicates and who cares about the landlord's experience, that'll go a really long way for 90% of the landlords out there because they're human beings.
0: And you don't have to hold that in your heart. You don't have to believe it. You just have to be convincing. <laughs> (laughs) I I assume. Um, And okay, so we have a a couple questions that I I gathered from other folks. What if I can technically afford to pay my rent right now, but would rather save some money for the dark days ahead? Um, And I see other restaurants in my city um, or neighborhood working out deals with their landlords. Um, What do you do if you're in that that thing where you you could pay your rent, but you're also really scared that this is the last rent you're going to
1: be able to pay? Tell your landlord that you operate on a cash basis, and you open your books on the first of the month, and you close your books on the 30th of the month, and when you opened your books on March 1st, you didn't anticipate closing on March 15th. (laughs) Um, What you have on the side is your business, and you don't necessarily have to dip into your reserves if your cash flow is just wrecked as a result of this national emergency crisis. Let's talk about security deposits for a minute. Because one of the things that restaurants have to pay when they open for business are big honking security deposits. Whether you're in New York State or North Carolina, you don't get in with a month's rent and a month's security like you do in a residential lease. So a lot of landlords are holding six months, eight months, a year's worth of security deposit for a tenant in case of emergency Mm. i would say this is an emergency and there's a movement afoot uh, now to get landlords to tap into some of those huge security deposits that they're holding because those that's rainy day money that was set aside for Mm -hmm. just such a circumstance as if a tenant should stop earning or stop being able to pay so not much has been talked about security deposits before the last couple of days, but now a lot of restaurateurs are remembering. Oh wait, <laughs> is that key
0: money? Is no, that- oh, no, no, key
1: money pays for fixture fees. Okay, um, thank you. <laughs> this, uh, security deposits are held supposedly on the side uh, to protect a landlord in the event of a tenant's default. Mm-hmm. And here, the default is not willful. The default is circumstantial. And just as soon as the economy can get moving again, most restaurants will be able to get moving again if they can just hold on until that time comes along.
0: Yeah. I mean, so another question that came in is, can I work out a deal with my landlords in which I close now, but they agree to keep the space available for me for when I want to reopen my restaurant?
1: Well, most people have long leases. Restaurant leases are not short terms. Most of them are five or ten or even longer uh, years. And if you close now and you have to reopen July 1, your lease is probably going to be in effect during that period of time. So really, the, the the notion of trying to come up with either a rent forgiveness package, a rent forbearance package, or some other you know amortization workout where you can uh, get your landlord whole in the next two years, for example, uh, is something that would be talked about uh, in order to do that. If you close your restaurant now and try to hold the space, uh, you have the space, and it doesn't matter. In most leases, if your restaurant is open seven days a week or closed indefinitely, you're still on the hook for your responsibilities under that lease.
0: So what is the best thing that people can do right now to advocate for this stuff passing?
1: Contact your... Lawmakers, state and federal, let your senators, let your state assembly people know what's happening. They see what's happening. But the more they hear from you, the more ammunition they have to uh, bring this up on the floor when it's time to vote. And a lot of this stuff is going to be coming to a vote over the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. And the more you let them hear from you, uh, the more seriously they take it. Uh, I've been told by people that work in um, lobbying-type fields that most... uh, causes get some response but they don't get a big response. So when they start to hear from uh scores of business owners hundreds of business owners that are similarly affected by all of this terrible stuff that's happened uh, they have to take that as a priority yeah which and is one of the reasons the bill in Albany is being fast-tracked at the moment
0: well so you sent me some reading material before we did this and it is about an effort that is um, an industry effort that is being made right now it's got big names like Bobby Flay and David Burke um, behind it and this just broke we're, we're recording this on Thursday evening this came uh, like right at the end of, of the afternoon. Yeah, Can this, you talk this, us through This the- hit the,
1: the, the publication, The Real Deal, which is a real estate industry uh, online magazine, 5.26 p.m. today. It was reported that a group called The Restaurant Network uh, was trying to come up with a set of universal terms that restaurants would be able to take to their landlords and say, okay, Mr. Uh, Big Fat Cat, here's how we're going to work this out. Mm-hmm. And... From you know small, proprietarily owned, uh, mom and pop type restaurants all the way up to the the biggest corporate chains, uh, conversations are being had through this we'll call it a trade network uh, to have a set of offerings to bring to landlords that would uh, sort of advocate to the health of all of these companies being able to survive if this goes on for three or four months.
0: Okay, yeah, and and th- this is what, I'm looking at the names of people involved in this, and uh, you know, did I see Alex Guarnaschelli in there? Like, yeah, there, there are, let me look, sorry. Oh, yes, uh, Steven Starr, who has a massive network of, of restaurants, Alex Guarnaschelli, restaurants like the Smith Cipriani. Um, so these are these are, some of these things like Cipriani, et cetera. Very high
1: profile organizations. Yeah.
0: So the, and you know, Stephen Starr has, I can't even imagine how many restaurants he has, like both here, Philadelphia, other places too. So if they're getting involved, can, uh, I think independent restaurateurs can fall within this as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Apparently so. And, and if you're not anywhere in the Northeast, think about your own local chamber of commerce. If you maybe you're members of your local chamber, uh, this is an organization who would have to uh, advocate for you and help uh, if, if there are, you know, multiple hospitality organizations who are all members of the Chamber of Commerce. You guys could uh, get together and come up with what you need. Say what you need. Here's what I need to be able to do to keep my business surviving Landlords don't want massive vacancies. And if businesses fail and companies go out of business, there's going to be vacant storefronts. There's going to be a lot of vacant retail space after this anyway. Uh, Little boutique shops and things like that might not make it. Um, Landlords can't survive a 25 or 30% vacancy rate. So uh, they will probably be willing to work with their tenants to come up with something that is salvageable for both, it's going to be painful for both. But rather than risking an otherwise good tenant who anchors a building and creates a certain profile for a property or a development, uh, at that level, Especially the the developer landlords are going to negotiate with their tenants to keep them there because they need them for visibility and cachet, uh, and in smaller you know storefronts all over America, uh, private investors can't afford to have a year's vacancy most of the time, and so they'll they'll be interested in working something out with their tenants somewhere.
0: Okay, so to close it out, um, imagine that I am one of our we're because of you know what i do for a living and and you know we're friends with a lot of chefs they've become very they've become family to us friends of ours who have small independent restaurants and you know i've seen them ask you questions about real estate and i've talked to them so many times over the past you know a few weeks and they're so terrified and they don't know what they're going to do so if i'm Think of some of our friends, and if I came to you and said, Douglas, like I am so scared. I've had to lay, lay people off. I don't know when any money is coming in again. Like, What do I need to do about my restaurant space?
1: The first thing you need to do is con- uh, Talk to me like, if you don't mind, talk to me like
0: I'm one of our friends.
1: Contact your landlord. Talk to them. Let them know your human story. And tell them what you need. If you could think about it a little bit, try to project, let's say this takes four months. At the end of four months, maybe you don't have any money left. Maybe you don't have any staff left, but you have five years left on your lease. What's it going to take to get back on your feet You know, and, and let your landlord? Maybe you're going to have to let your landlord know. Maybe you're going to have to go through a round of fundraising just to get things back up, and you're going to need even more time beyond the day that they lift the stay-at-home order in your town say what you need and say it in a direct unapologetic human way and even the most most ruthless landlord has a bottom line and they recognize that um, they're going to suffer as well and they're going to want to abbreviate that suffering for themselves so they're going to try to help you abbreviate your suffering uh, if they possibly can. And, you know, don't be embarrassed. Everybody in the country is affected by this. (laughs) We're
0: all going through it.
1: And hopefully we'll all get through it. Uh, And and if it causes some companies to have to change, close, merge, uh, you know, all kinds of things are being thrown around, um, that will be the natural outcome of all of this but it's, it's, it doesn't have to be the end of the world if we do it together. And one of the organizations with which you can do it together are your landlords. So let them hear from you and tell them the truth and don't try to please them. Be as, Don't sugarcoat it. Try to be as direct as you can possibly be, but they'll appreciate it if you can tell them what you think you need and what you think you can do because that's what they're going to be able to use to go to their lenders and the, their investors and their backers uh, to try to sort of mitigate for everyone.
0: Douglas Wagner, there is no one I would rather be isolated with.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And there's no one I would rather be isolated with either.
0: Thank you so much for lending your expertise. We're going to go and maybe get some food from takeout from a restaurant Mm -hmm. after this. But um, I also want to thank everyone who listens to this and, and... Um, you know, hang on there. You've, you know, I've been talking to a whole lot of you and and I know it's scary and my recorder's about to die. So thank you all so much. We'll be including links to everything you need and take good care of yourself until the next time.